Yes, that they might fight to enter into thine kingdom. Therefore, for me this day, Father, I do pray that you allow your light to shine extra bright. Again, not that they might see me, but that they may find you. The one and no more glory and honor is due. Yahuwah, my elder king, I pray that you accept for me this day my offering. In Yahushua's name, amen. Amen. All right. So we're back into our discipleship training. And, you know, before we... We officially kick off. We're going to enter into the world of Scripture. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, via palm. It says, Welcome to my world. A place where the natural place where the natural eyes can't see, where your physical bodies can't be, where the last is first, the first is the last, and the end is told from the beginning when it appears as though one is losing. They're actually winning. When trumpets are depicted as voices and the persecuted righteous don't complain but actually rejoices. He that swore to liken to the world, the demons of birth, the dead are yet alive, the living are actually dead, blood and flesh are even depicted as wine and bread. It's a place wherein the humble are depicted as poor, and the poorer one becomes, they're later found to be that much richer. I'm speaking of no other place than the Yasum world of scripture. So please turn off your phones, perk up your ears, and get ready to listen. For Rock Cockrodesh is about to begin teaching. Hallelujah. Yeah. Alright, so here it is. We are continuing on with our exploration of the story of Israel. Israel is, of course, a story of Elohim's people. <clears throat> and we are in part two of year two of the wilderness experience. Amen? Amen. So Israel was Elohim's chosen people, the nation whose Elohim was Yahuwah. This unique status has not passed to America or any other nation. You know, Yah's people will always be his people. And he has no other people outside of his people. Amen? Amen. Yeah, his people are called Israel. You know, they are the ones with Elohim's covenant. They are covenanted with him. He is, um, he's the one that said they should be my people and I will be their Elohim. Said that about no other peoples on the earth. And his people, those that covenanted with him in return, said all that Yahuwah has spoken, we will do. Hallelujah. And this is what Yah's people is to be doing. All that Yahuwah has spoken. And so, this wilderness experience is an experience in a um, dry land of darkness. It's, it's in a place that is a dry land that is without counsel, oftentimes without the truth of the matter completely, you know, in darkness, a place of ignorance, you know, and so, you know, when you got all that going for you, it makes for hard traveling, amen? You know, but it's a necessary road that we travel and it's a necessary way because it is done to prove us you know and to prepare us for what's to come amen you know and without the wilderness experience you will not get into the kingdom of Elohim because it's in the wilderness experience that we're commanded to erect Yah a dwelling place. Hallelujah. And so, you know, we are, each and every one of us, 
as Israel in that wilderness um, experience, we are to erect Yah a dwelling place, and that dwelling place is to reside within the midst of us. Amen. You know. Now, they erected that dwelling place on day one, year two, day one, month one. You know, and during that time, you know, Yah spoke about his clouds of light and instructed them, helped them to understand that, hey, when the cloud moves, you move. When the cloud rests, you rest. You know, and so we spoke about this cloud and we spoke about what it represents, even um, witnesses. And so, you know, until we get the witnesses, uh, the confirmation of the witnesses of Elohim, we're not to move. You know, when we have it, we move. Amen. All right, during this time, yeah, um, the chiefs of Israel, they approached Elohim and they brought their offerings before before Yahuwah. And we had 12 days of giveaways in which that they brought their offerings before Yah. You know, also during, during this time, high priest was instructed to go in and um, light the, the golden menorah so that there might be light in the holy place. It was during this time, in this first month of, um, of year two, that Yah instructed that the Levites were to be separated from the children of Israel. You know, and why the Levites, you may ask, even because we are the living sacrifices of Elohim. We are the, the, the intermediaries. We are the go-betweens. We are those who connect with Yah and to his people. So we... We're the ones that take the prayers of the people and, and help them to get to Yah and help Yah's word get to his people. Amen? Amen. You know, so that's why, you know, because the Levites are the ones who have presented their bodies as living sacrifices, which are holy and acceptable to Elohim, which is their reasonable service. And they are the ones who go on and do not be conformed to this world but they be transformed by the renewing of their minds so that they can prove that good and acceptable, perfect will of Elohim. You know, yeah. so after he separated the Levites from Israel, they were um, instructed to keep Pesach, the Passover. Amen? Mm -hmm. And so they kept the Passover, and then there was a census to, um, that was called afterwards. And so, Yah numbered his people. He got all his membership information. And then, he decided to rearrange Israel. And so, he arranged them in an order or an arrangement that suited him. And so, this is the way that he arranged them. He had three tribes to the east. Three to the west, three to the south, and three to the north. And he had Moshe and Aaron and the sons of Aaron to the east, the Kohath, the rest of the Kohathites to the south, the Gershonites to the west, and the Merites to the north. Then he taught them about what they could do to get the furthest away from him. You know, 
and how that they could uh, they could test someone, you know, to see if this was the case. You know, and this is the adultery test. You know, but even as it speaks to, you know, a physical man or woman, also can speak to spiritual adultery as well. And then he he taught them how to draw near to him, so that you, if for those who wanted to be as close as they could, and this is the Nazarite vow. And then he taught the priestly prayer so that the priest would know how to pronounce a blessing upon his people Israel. And then he instructed them to make two silver trumpets. And that's what we're going to talk about today somewhat, these two silver trumpets. Let me have my first reader read Numbers chapter 10, verses 1 through 10, please. And Yahuwah spake unto Moshe, saying, Make thee two trumpets of silver. Of a whole piece shalt thou make them, that thou mayest use them for the calling of the assembly and for the journeying of the camps. And when they shall blow them, all the assembly shall assemble themselves to thee at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And if they blow but one trumpet, then the princes which are heads of the thousands of Israel, shall gather themselves unto thee. When ye blow an alarm, and the camps that lie on the east part shall go forward. When ye blow an alarm the second time, then the camps that lie on the south side shall take their journey. They shall blow an alarm for their journeys. But when the congregation is to be gathered together, ye shall blow, but ye shall not sound an alarm. And the sons of our own, the priests, shall blow with the trumpet, and they shall be for you for an ordinance forever throughout your generations. And if you go to war on the land against the enemy that oppresseth you, then you shall blow an alarm with the trumpets, and you shall be remembered before Yahuwah your Elohim, and you shall be saved from your enemies. Also, in the day of your gladness and in your solemn days, and in the beginning of your months, you shall blow with the trumpets over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings, that they may be to you for a memorial before Elohim. I am Yahuwah, your Elohim. Hallelujah. Now, the symbolism involved here, we have um, two trumpets. You know, the trumpets actually um, speaks to messengers. You know, and silver denotes truth. So we have two messengers of truth in our actuality. You know, and this is, uh, you know, really, it really speaks to the two witnesses in our actuality that will come in the end times, you know, uh, you know, which can be discerned from the symbolism here, you know, they're going to be used to call the assembly. And those who are of Israel, they will recognize the call, you know, and because they would know Numbers 10, they would know that they're for the calling of the assembly and for the journeying of, of the camps, you know, and when they blow with them, all the assembly shall assemble themselves at the door. Who's the door? Yeah, sure is the door, amen? You know, so when they come a-calling, Everyone is to assemble themselves 
at the door. Now, this is interesting because it says the door of the tabernacle or the congregation. Now, this word congregation um, is actually Moadah, you know, from which the plural is Moadim, which means appointed times. So, you know, actually the tabernacle is being called the tabernacle of the appointed time. You know, and that's pretty significant, especially when you start speaking about, you know, end time prophecies and things of that nature. You know, the tabernacle is called the tabernacle of appointed time, and, that, and that's pretty significant in that, you know, if we're supposed to have a tabernacle um, of, an appointed, of the appointed time within us, then that means, you know, that we need to adhere to Yah's appointed times. You know, otherwise we won't be tabernacles of his appointed time. Make sense? Yes. You know, so it says if they blow but with one trumpet, then the princes, you know, they are to assemble. You know, uh, if, you, if they blow with both trumpets, then all the assembly assemble at the door of the, uh, of the uh, tabernacle. You know, but if they only blow at one, then the princes, they assemble at the door. And then when you hit an alarm, you know, those that lie on the east shall go forward. You know, so according to what the trumpets, how the trumpets are blowing, Israel knew what to do. And so it'll be in future times when you have these two witnesses, these two messengers of truth, when they begin to blow their trumpets, if you would, you know, even as scripture teaches to lift up your voice as a trumpet, you know, when they begin to blow their trumpets, you know, Israel will know what to do. You know, and so this is the silver trumpets and the rules thereof. Next we read about Israel leaving Sinai. And so they don't stay there forever. Yes, eventually they leave. The cloud, it moved, so they had to move. Amen? You know, and so Numbers 10, 11, and 12 says, And it came to pass on the 20th day of the second month, in the second year, that the cloud was taken up from off the tabernacle, or the testimony. You know, now this is the tabernacle. Now it's being called the tabernacle of the testimony, or the tabernacle of witness of the witness you know and it says in verse 12 and the children of Israel took their journeys out of the wilderness of Sinai and the cloud rested in the wilderness of Paran Paran speaks to that which is abundant in foliage or um, some, a place that's or, ornamental or a place of caverns and then we have verses uh, numbers 10 verses 13 through 17 my next reader please And they first took their journey according to the commandment of Yahuwah by the hand of Moshe. In the first place, when the standard of the camp of the children of Judah, according to their armies and over his host, was Nashon, Nashon the son of Aminadad, and over the host of the tribe of the children of Issachar was Nethiel, the son of Zura, 
and over the host of the tribe of the children of Zebulon was Elab, Elab, the son of Helon. And the tabernacle was taken down, and the sons of Geshon and the sons of Mariah set forth bearing the tabernacle. Hallelujah. So I want to call your attention to verse 13, uh, first of all. It says, And they first took their journey according to the commandment of Yahuwah by the hand of Moshe. So take note, like Israel, you know, is to take their journey by the commandment of Yahuwah, but Yahuwah always uses an intermediary. You know, in this case, it was by the hand of Moshe. Later, it would be by the hand of um, Joshua. Afterwards, it would be by the hand of the judges. Afterwards, it would be by the hand of the prophets. Afterwards, it would be by the hands of the kings, you know, uh, uh, the priest, and, and also by the priest, and so on. So, you know, point being, there's always an intermediary. There's always, you know, some a go-between. You know, uh, also consider verse 17 where it says the tabernacle was taken down and the sons of Gershon and the sons of Merari set forward bearing the tabernacle. Any and everyone couldn't bear the tabernacle. You know, you had to be set apart to do that. You know, so, you know, understand that, you know, um, because so many people today think that everyone can do everything. And that everything is for everyone. You know, and that is just not the case. Everybody can't do everything that they want to do. You know, Yah has his order. And it must be adhered to. Let me have my next reader read verses 18 through 27, please. And the standard of the camp of Reuben set forward according to the armies and over his hosts was Eliezer, the son of Shador, and over the host of the tribe of children of Simeon was Shilomel, the son of Zerishada, and over the host of the tribe of the children of Gad was Elias, the son of Geduel, and the Cushites, set forward bearing the sanctuary and the other did set up the tabernacle against they came and the standard of the camp of the children of Ephraim set forward according to their armies and over their host was Elishama the son of Amahad and the host of the tribe of the children of Manasseh was Gamael the son of Padahazar and over the host of the tribe of the children of Benjamin was Abadan and the son of Gideon, Gideon, Kennedy, and the standard of the camp of the children of Dan set forward, which was rewarded of all the camps throughout their hosts. And over his hosts was Elazar, the son of Amashadai, and over the host of the tribe of the children of Asher was Pegael, the son of Okaran, and over the son, excuse me, over the host of the tribe of the children of Naphtali was Ahara, the son of Ian. 
Hallelujah. Okay, so essentially what we're being told is the way that they they went forth, which is the way essentially um, that was kind of outlined with the blowing of the trumpets, uh, the two trumpets, where you know um, first when it when it blew once first the uh, Yahuda and, and the tribes that was with Yahuda, which would be Issachar and Zebulun, they were to go forth, and then when it, when they blew it the second time, then uh, Reuben, Simeon, and Gad would go forth, and then uh, Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin would go forth, and then lastly, then Asher and Naphtali. Uh, now, what I want what I want you to see is that they were actually going in accordance to to the pattern of light, or to the course of the sun, the way the sun would travel, as the sun would come up in the east. This is why um, those tribes that were in the east they set out first and then the ones that was in the south they set out second and then the ones that was in the west where the sun sets they set out third and lastly you know the uh, ones in the north uh, which would uh, come afterwards they they brought up the end you know and so they moved in the same in the same course as the light because they were children of Light. Say lie. Uh, Numbers 10 29. And Moshe said unto Hobah, the son of Raguel, the Midianite, Moshe's father in law, We are journeying unto the place of which Yahuwah said, I will give it to you. Come thou with us, and we will do thee good. For Yahuwah have spoken good concerning Israel. Now Hobah uh, means cherish. Raguel speaks to the friend of Elohim, the Midianite, speaks to strife. You know, and so we see here a cherished friend um, of strife. You know, um, Numbers uh, ten thirty says, and he said unto him, I will not go, but I will depart to mine own land and to my kindred. And he said, Leave us not, I pray thee, for as much as thou knowest how we are to encamp in the wilderness, and thou mayest be to us instead of eyes, and it shall be if thou go with us, it shall be what that what goodness Yahweh shall do unto us. The same we would do unto thee, you know. And so here it is. Moshe is pleading with um, with his brother-in-law, you know, to stick around with him and, and help him on their way. Uh, verses um, Numbers ten twenty-eight says, "Thus were the journeys of the children of Israel according to their armies when they set forth." You know, and if we jump down to verse thirty-three through thirty-six. It says, and they departed from the Mount of Yahuwah three days' journey. And the Ark of the Covenant of Yahuwah went before them in the three days' journey to search out a resting place for them. And the cloud of Yahuwah was upon them by day when they went out of the camp. And so we see the, the cloud, the cloud um, arose, it took off, they went, um, they set off for and they had the Ark of the Covenant leading the way. Verse 35, and it came to pass when the ark set forward, that Moshe said, Rise up, Yahuwah, and let thine enemies be scattered, and let them that hate thee flee before thee. And when it rested, he said, Return, O Yahuwah, unto the many thousands of Israel. 
So hereby we're to learn that when the Israelites traveled, they're to have the Ark of the Covenant, i.e. the laws of Elohim, which they've agreed to follow, to go before them in pursuit of the cloud of Elohim. So in other words, when we're moving, we're supposed to move in accordance to the covenant that we've set, that we've um, agreed to with Elohim. See, some people go in the right direction, but they don't go the right way. And what I mean by that, they, they move in the right direction, but they don't go according to Yah's, Yah's law. They don't go according to Torah. They don't go according to his rules and regulations. Amen? You know, so even though they're going in the, in the right direction, they're not going in the way of Elohim. And so that becomes problematic. And, and they, you know, sometimes they can't figure out what they're doing wrong because they, they know they're going in the right direction. Well, I know, you know, the cloud moved. I see the cloud, and the, you know, and I'm following the cloud, you know, but you have to follow it in the way that you covenanted with Elohim that you're going to walk. You know, you can't follow it any kind of way. You have to follow it in accordance to his will, way, and purposes. You know, and so this is this is one of the uh, big problems with uh, quote unquote Christianity. You know, yeah, they want to follow Yahshua, but they don't want to do it the way Yah prescribed. They want to make up their own way, and that would never work with Yah. He's an L specificity. You know now. In the wilderness, Israel got to complaining again. And things got interesting. Let's consider. Numbers 11, 1 um, through 3. Let me have my next reader read Numbers 11, verses 1 through 3, please. When the people complained, it displeased Yahuwah, and Yahuwah heard it, and his anger was kindled. And the fire of Yahuwah burnt among them, and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. And the people cried unto Moses, and when Moses prayed unto Yahuwah, the fire was quenched. And he called the name of the place Tabirah, because the fire of Yahuwah burnt among them. Hallelujah. And when the people complained, we got a lot of people who like to complain. There's a lot of people today that like to complain. They complain about this, that, and the other thing. You know, but I'm here to tell you, when you complain, it, it displeases Yahuwah. And when the people complain, it displeased Yahuwah. Some people get plagued just because of their complaints. See, the people complained, it displeased Yahuwah, and Yahuwah heard it, and his anger was kindled, and the fire of Yahuwah burnt among them. Some people get plagued because they complain too much. Can you see that? I pray you can see that. You know, because they complained, and Yah got upset, and he sent the plague upon them. And the people cried unto Moshe, and Moshe prayed unto Yahuwah. When, he, when Moshe prayed unto Yahuwah, the fire was quenched. Now take note. 
They couldn't pray to Yahuwah and have Yah quench the fire. They had to have the Levite, the intermediary, the priest, pray to Yahuwah on their behalf. See, because for one, if you're being plagued, then that means that you're that you're out of Yah's will, and if you're out of Yah's will, he's not trying to hear your prayer to begin with. So you have to have an intermediary to take that prayer to him, to pray on your behalf. Can you see that? You know, now that's huge. Because these people, you know, got plagued. And in that scripture doesn't tell us what Israel was complaining about. It is indirectly telling us that the reason or reasons why they were complaining was inconsequential. And that and that which displeased Yah and thereby brought about his plague was the complaining in and of itself. So it didn't matter what they were complaining about. It was the fact that they were complaining that Yah sent the plague. It didn't matter if they was complaining because the sky was blue. You know, y'all don't want to hear the complaining. Hence, y'all began to burn off the uttermost parts of Israel, i.e. the extremities of the camp. Now, if we were to imagine Israel as one man in the wilderness, what part of the Israelite is being burned away by Yah? The flesh, absolutely. This is a picture of the flesh of Israel being burnt away. Yah is consuming the flesh. Can you see that? I pray you can see that. So you'd think they would have learned their lesson, right? Well, they're in the wilderness complaining again. Yet again. Consider Numbers 11, 4 through 6. My next reader, please. And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting. And the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? We remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic, but our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all besides this manna before our eyes. Hallelujah. All right, so we have a mixed multitude, you know, and the children of Israel. They both complaining. Why? It says because they fell a lusting. Amen. You know, and they were complaining about the manna. Now, the manna was a, was a type of bread from heaven. So it was a type of Yahshua. And they were tired of him. Can you see that? They was tired of him. Our soul is dried away. There's nothing at all besides this manna. You know, well, that's all you're going to get. No. <laughs> all right, let me stop. All right. We go to Numbers 11, 10 and 11. It says, And Moshe heard the people weep throughout their families, every man in the door of his tent, and the anger of Yahuwah was kindled. Yes. Here it is. They, here they go again. 
And Moshe also was displeased. And Moshe said unto Yahuwah, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? And wherefore have I found favor in thy sight that thou layest the burden of all this people upon me? <laughs> Moshe, he got displeased and he started complaining himself. You know, Moshe said... <laughs> Moshe say, hey, look, look, this is, this is a bit much for me, y'all. I need some help around here. You know, uh, these folks driving me up a wall now. You know, <laughs> you know. Now, if we jump down to verse 14, it says, I am not able to bear all these people alone because it's too heavy for me, y'all. Now, you're going to gonna have to give me some help here. And we can jump to 16, y'all responds. It says, And Yahuwah said unto Moshe, Gather unto me seventy men of the elders of Israel, whom thou knowest to be elders of the people, and officers over them, and bring them unto the tabernacle of the congregation, that they may stand here with thee. So Yah is answering them. Yah is saying, Okay, I'm going to give you some help. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Say, you say it's too much on you. Okay, I understand. I'm, I'm going to give you some help. Is it so? Yah is, Yah is, he's merciful, he's gracious, right? Mm -hmm. All right. Now, verses 17 through 20, now he's going to answer the people. You know, he says, uh, and I will come down and talk with thee there, and I will take of the, oh, he's still answering Moshe. I'll come down and talk of thee there, and I will take of the spear which is upon thee, and put it upon them, mm -hmm. and they shall bear the burden of the people with thee, mm -hmm. that thou bear it not thyself alone. Now he's going to answer the people. And say thou unto the people, sanctify yourselves against tomorrow, and ye shall eat flesh. And all the people, they hallelujah and they rejoicing. He says, for ye have wept in the ears of Yahuwah, saying, who shall give us flesh to eat? For it was well with us in Mizraim, therefore Yahuwah will give you flesh, and ye shall eat. Ye shall not eat one day, nor two days, nor five days, neither ten days, nor twenty days, but even a whole month until it come out at your nostrils and it be loathsome unto you, because that ye have desired, um, because ye have despised Yahuwah, which is among you, and have wept before him, saying, Why came we forth out of Mizraim? Careful what you ask for. Amen. Jump down to verses 25 and 26. And Yahuwah came down in a cloud and spake unto him and took the spirit that was upon him and gave it unto the 70 elders. And it came to pass that when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied and did not cease. But there remained two of the men in the camp. The name of the one was Eldad and the name of the other was Medad. And the spirit rested upon them. And they were of them that were written but went not out unto the tabernacle and they prophesied in the camp. Eldad means Elohim loved or the love of Elohim. Mm -hmm. And Medad speaks to love. Mm -hmm. What God is saying is that if you have the love of Elohim, if you have love, mm -hmm. he can use you. Yeah. But you gotta have that love. Yeah. You know, he they didn't even have they, those with the love didn't even have to go with Moshe. You know, they didn't even have to go to Moshe to the door to the um to the tabernacle. Right where they were, they prophesied. Mm -hmm. Right in the camp. Amen. Amen. Because of that love. Mm -hmm. 
Numbers 11.31, and there went forth a wind. This word wind is Ruach, number 7307, which also speaks to a spirit. And so you can say there went forth a wind, or you can say there went forth a spirit from Yahuwah and brought quails from the sea. And let them fall by the camp, as it were a day's journey on this side, as it were a day's journey on the other side, round about the camp, and it were, as it were, two cubits high upon the face of the earth. <laughs> Yes, it's a lot of quail. Now, quail, this word quail is uh, Selav, number 7958, which means sluggish. You know, so he brought sluggishness amongst them. Verse 32, and the people stood up all that day and all that night and all the next day, and they gathered the quails. He that gathered least gathered ten homers, and they spread them abroad for themselves round about the camp. And while the flesh was yet between their teeth, ear, it was chewed. That is, before they even got a chance to chew it. The wrath of Yahuwah was kindled against the people. And Yahuwah smote the people with a very great plague. Mm -hmm. And he called the name of that place Kibroth Hatava because they, um, they there buried the people that lusted. And Kibroth Hatava means graves of the lust. You know, so here it is, you know, these people who were lusting, you know, the, the text is telling us that they were at enmity with Elohim. Where does it tell us that at? text is telling us is that these people that were lusting, that Israel at this point had become the enemies of Elohim. Mm -hmm. Well, they're not asking for that in this passage. That's not in this passage either. Uh, no, ma'am. Um, good guess, but no. They were gathering too much. <laughs> Come on, discipleship students. You gotta, you gotta draw on, on what you've learned. Well, when they was gathering, they were focused on gathering. No, ma'am. <laughs> I'm starting to think you buying. For, you're trying to buy time. Is it purple on the bottom? No. I intentionally didn't put it there. <laughs> yeah. There's some place in here that tells us that the people were at enmity with Yahuwah, or that Yahuwah was at enmity with the people. You know, what is, where does it tell us that? What tells us that? It's the number two. Because number two depicts what? And what else? Enmity. Division and enmity. So Yahuwah is showing that he is divided from his people and he's at enmity with his people. Hence, he sent them 
quail two cubits high. And they they collected it. It took them two days to collect it. All that day and all the next day. Can you see it now? Yeah. You know. Now, what were the Israelites lusting for that got them in trouble with Yah? Flesh. 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 Absolutely. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And these things is not of the Father, but of the world. This first John 2 16. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is of the world. This is why Yahshua would not have us be of the world. We're in the world. We're called to be in the world, but not of the world. You know, so we have to, we have to get the lust of our flesh and the lust of our eyes and the pride of life in check. Because if not, we're going to be like those people we're reading about. We're going to be about those who are lusting for flesh and get destroyed by Yah. They got destroyed by Yah because they were lusting for flesh. Their desires was for flesh. And when our desires, when we give in to our desires for our flesh, that's what caused Yah to destroy us. Can you see that? Consider Ephesians 2, 1 through 3. It says, and you have... You have he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation in times past, we always there, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Our flesh is going to always want something. Our mind is always going to desire something. But if that something is not of Yah, then it's best left alone. If that something is not of Yah, then forego with it. No matter how hard, no matter how persistent the enemy tries, if your flesh want it and your mind is desiring it and you and it's not of Yah, we have to learn to leave it alone. Also, consider first Kephas 4, 1 through 6. It says, For as much as when Mashiach has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. If we're to arm ourselves likewise with the same mind, then that means that we are willing to suffer in our flesh. Sometimes our flesh is going to want things we have to suffer in our flesh by not providing it. Sometimes our mind is going to want us to do things we're going to have to suffer in our flesh by not providing for it. You know, it says, for he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin. If you're not suffering in the flesh from something, then you haven't ceased from sin. Because your flesh is always going to want something that's not right. And 
your mind always going to try to lead you into a place that's not right. Verse 2, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of Elohim. Now, if you find yourself doing what, I, what all the other men and women are doing, then you're most likely not doing the will of Elohim. Verse 3, for the time past of our lives, for the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, reveling, banquetings, abominable and abominable idolatries. You know, you know how you, when you go out and turn up? Yeah. Like, that's what that's talking about with revelings. You know, and banquetings is just, you know, just, you can say casual drinking. You know, but these are the things that the Gentiles do. This is the things that the world does. These are not the things that the children of Yah does. Verse 4, wherein they think it strange that ye run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you. Boy, I've seen that one come to, come to pass in my life. I surely had. You know, man, when I came over to Yah, you know, all the guys I used to um, used to know, they, they thought I flipped my wig. You know, um, and I guess in a way I did. But they thought it was so strange that I didn't I didn't do the things that I used to do. They thought it was so strange that I didn't want to hang with them no more. You know, not why they were doing that. You know, and they began to speak evil of me. You know what I said. Hallelujah, anyway. Verse 5, who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead? Because we are going to have to see our judge. Mm -hmm. yeah. We are going to have to go before the judgment seat. And for this cause was the gospel preached to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but, the, but live according to Elohim in the world. Hallelujah. Yeah. This is the way we're supposed to live our lives. According to Elohim in the Ruach. Now, year one versus year two. There was complaints in year one, and, and we've just went over um, some complaining in year two. But what's the difference? Well, hold on a second, because I I don't think I didn't think anybody would remember the complaints of year one, so we're gonna go over them right quick. Um, Exodus fifteen twenty two through twenty six. So Moshe brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Mm. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And the people murmured against Moshe, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto Yahuwah, and Yahuwah showed him a tree, which, he had, uh, which when he had cast into the waters, the water were made sweet. There he made for them a statue and an ordinance, and there he proved them, and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken unto the voice of Yahuwah thy Elohim, and will do that which is right, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am Yahuwah that healeth thee. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. You know, 
but that wasn't the first time they complained. They complained again. Um, Exodus 16, 1 through 4. My next reader, please. And they took their journey from Elim, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came unto the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after their, after their departing of the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moshe and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, Would to Elohim we had died by the hand of Yahuwah in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots, and when we, de- when we did eat bread to the full. For ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then said Yahuwah unto Moshe, Behold, I will bring bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day, that I may prove them, whether they will walk in my law or not. Hallelujah. So the whole congregation of Israel murmured against Moshe and Aaron in the wilderness. You know, and said, you, you brought us out here to kill us, kill all of us with hunger. You know, but Yah, he said, I'll rain bread, for, bread from heaven for you. And then we have Exodus 17, 1 through 7. My next reader, please. And all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin after their journeys according to the commandment of Yahuwah and pitch and Rephidim. And there was no water for the people to drink. Wherefore, the people did chide with Moshe and and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moshe said unto them, Why chide ye with me? Wherefore do ye tempt Yahuwah? And the people thirsted there for water, and the people murmured against Moshe, and said, Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? And Moshe cried unto Yahuwah, saying, What should I do what should I do unto these people? They be almost ready to stone me. And Yahuwah said unto Moshe, Go on before the people, and take with thee the elders of Israel and thy rod, and wherewith thou smotest the river. Take in thy hand and go. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock and horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, that the people may drink. And Moshe did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he can't, he called the name of the place Massa, and Meribah, because of the chiding of the children of Israel, and because they they tempted Yahuwah, saying, "Is Yahuwah among us or not?" Hallelujah! Yes, yes, yes. And the world, throughout the wilderness experience, there will be times when you're wondering if Yah is with you or not. You know, but. Just trust and believe that you know he is with you, and he's he's just testing or, or seeking to prove you. You know, okay. So now find the differences. So what was the differences betwixt the complaining of year one versus the complaining of year two? Now. Brother Josh already said that, you know, during year two, they were covenanted with Elohim. They had their own personal covenant with Yah, you know, which is, which is, which is accurate. But what else? In year one, they were, they were longing for the things of the spirit, the things to get them closer to Yah. But in year two, they were longing for the things of the flesh, which puts you to enmity. Okay. Um, 
So what makes you say they was yearning for the things that made them closer to Yah in year one? Because they were, uh, the first time in 15, they were yearning for water, they were yearning for truth. And in 16, they were yearning for meat, not flesh. They were, they were looking for something to eat so that they could, they, teachings that they could follow and do. Again, with water because they wanted to see whether Yah was with them or not. Hallelujah. Very good. What else? Yah didn't chastise them in year one when they asked for those things. He, he proved them. He gave them things that they needed to prove them, but he, but he, didn't, he didn't chastise them after they came into covenant in year two. Hmm. Absolutely. They, you know, in year two, they they got whipped when they complained. In year one, they did not. Why? That's 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 true, and but I already I, I already acknowledged that one, so I'm looking for something else now. Say again. Year one they were babes. That's 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 good too. Yes, and and yes they were, they were babes. Well, they should have known yeah in year two because of what he did in year one. Yeah. So. I mean, the things that they were asking for, that they had the experiences that he would provide, but they didn't, they didn't rely on that. Absolutely. You know, they, they um, in year two, they were, you know, um, Sister Asa says in year two that they were, you know, um, they were showing a lack of faith. You know, uh, they should have learned from year one that, you know, Yah was there, that he was amongst them, he wasn't going to forsake them, and right. he would bring those things in due time. You know, yes. Absolutely. Um, in in year one, they didn't have a tabernacle. In year two, they did have a tabernacle. So they had Yah dwelling within their midst, you know. But there's a there's a there's a biggie, um, you know, that you, that you guys are missing, you know, as to why, you know, the, uh, you know, um, another reason why I should say another reason why, you know, he played them. <laughs> well, it was, and it did, it did, it did divide them, you know. <laughs> but that, that, and, and that is accurate. But that's not what I'm looking for. I know in year two they were gonna, they were gonna stone Moshe. <clears throat> Well, how about in year one, they were asking for what they needed. But in year two, they were asking for what they wanted. Can you see that? Every time they asked for something in year one, they were, it was at the risk, you know, they were, they were complaining because they were about to die. 
that we're, we're about to you about to kill us of thirst. You're about we're about to die of hunger. You know, they were asking because they were in dire need. But in year two, they had everything they needed. But they were longing for what they wanted. Watermelon. See the difference? You know, they were getting along. They had been getting along with manna for, um, you know, for all that time. They didn't need flesh. They wanted flesh. You know, and they were lusting for something else. It doesn't tell us what, but, you know, they, but we know that they didn't need it. And so, you know, in year one, they were, they were asking for um, that which they needed. And Yah supplied, and so he didn't, he didn't rebuke them. You know, but when they start, in year two, they start asking for what they wanted. You know, and instead of waiting on Yah to provide, you know, uh, they just uh, throw a temper tantrum, basically. Mm -hmm. You know, and they got beat for it. That's really what happened when people throw temper tantrums. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, um, but but yeah, that's that's very good. You guys brought out some very good differences. That's all I have for you today. Prayer is a blessing. Yeah.